This is a HeadGum Podcast. Welcome to a very special edition of the Throwback Podcast. Dan Hans is here with my bosom buddy, Bob Castrone. And Bobby, not a special podcast that we ever wanted to record. Tom Petty is dead at the age of 66. In fact, it just became official about 10 minutes before uh, we started recording tonight. Uh, long live Tom Petty. Tom Petty is dead. Yeah, I don't. I don't even like you saying special podcast. Special implies like, hey, this is this is special. Like this is this is like special, like sad special. Yeah, because we're both tremendous Tom Petty fans. In case you didn't gather that from the somber introduction of this week's episode. Yeah, we're we're real deal Petty fans, and and it's. Crazy now in retro. A couple things, bunch of things are crazy. So many things. How how sudden it all, how suddenly this this all came together in such a sad way. But on um, Saturday night, Bob and I, Bob came to the garage here, and we uh, were recording. We try to knock out one or two podcasts a night. We did the first one. And then the second one we were going to do, Tom Petty, we're going to do Wildflowers. Had it all queued up, had all of my my phenomenal research. Your nugs. Ready to go. The nugs of info for the top of the show, had it ready to go. Yep. We were just a little too tired. Yeah. Long day. Well, it was a little late and we late just shut start. it down. I, I had even, I'm looking at it now, but I have the, a great Petty book, uh, came out about 11 or 12 years ago called uh, Conversations with Tom Petty, which I sincerely... Um, urge anyone that's a petty fan to pick up if you i know there's another book that came out somewhat recently that i plan to pick up i'm actually going to order it on amazon tonight in fact uh but how, how do you still read i don't really read anymore it's so it's hard over. with two kids it's two kids, over it's impossible uh but i do if 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 the book like i read the springsteen biography um like on a plane ride over christmas mm. uh this petty book that that i'll order i'll make time for but yeah, we were going to do the Petty um, uh, Wildflowers podcast, and then we decided to push it till Wednesday. And then uh, when we heard that Petty was found at his house in Malibu and it, and it looked bad from the very beginning, um, texted Bob, emergency podcast. Bob, you got back to me quickly, said, yep, let's do it. That's and, how I found out. Yeah. It was your text. I was in a meeting. And then I came it was out. Like a pitch meeting, right? Like yeah. an important one. I was at NBC in like an important pitch meeting. And I had my phone out on the table because I had my notes in there. And uh, as I was going through the pitch, my phone just started vibrating because I forgot to turn it off. So very professional mm-hmm. on my part. When you don't see my show on NBC, you'll know that, that, pro- that. that probably had something to do with a it. A totally correctable. <laughs> if you were just even a little bit 
sharp, you would never have made that error. Yep. No, I had too many other things in my mind. <laughs> forgot the little things. But uh, yeah, my phone just started vibrating over and over again. And, uh, you know, made a joke, just played it right off. Yep. It was just like, hey, look who's popular. So, yeah. Something like that, but right. better. Yeah. But did you see the, the message? No, no, the no, not in the meeting. Yeah. I just kind of then shoved it aside. And then when I stepped outside, I had about a dozen text messages. And the first one I saw was yours saying emergency podcast tonight. And then when I looked back, saw why. And it yeah. was, hit me hard. I was I, not expecting that. Yeah. It's like crazy because, yeah, I found out in the most unglamorous way possible at a Subway restaurant. Ooh, um, ooh, we gotta. Let's, we have to unpack that. Yeah, well, Mondays are extremely busy uh, for an NFL uh, media employee like myself. So I had to write a column in the morning, and then I had to write copy for a video thing I had to do later in the day. And it, the Starbucks that I work at, there was a subway next door, and I said, "Daddy's got to put some grub in," and that's how it came. Uh, the the subway in Culver City here on National Boulevard. That's how I learned that Tom Petty was. Uh, clinging to life or was being taken off life support. And yeah, we're going to get, were you, were you on your phone in the subway or did a sandwich artist inform you? (laughs) I don't think the sandwich art, they didn't look like petty fans, (laughs) but I shouldn't say that because petty and we're going to get into it today. What, what we're going to do, it's going to be a little different. If you're a fan of the show, you know that we always pick one album uh, and and break down that album from a specific artist and then get into the artist itself. Uh, In this case, we're just going to play our favorite Tom Petty songs. The ones that, um, have meant the most to us personally. And, and that's, that's the road we're going to go because, um, one of the, the reason we even decided to do this podcast, Bob and I is because over, uh, 30 years of being friends, uh, it's artists like Tom Petty that we've kind of followed for years and years and years. And it was just, it was a fun idea to be able to talk about that artist and then have our opinions, other people hear them and, 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 you know, go back and forth. And so in a, in a way it's, it's great that we have this platform to, that we could talk about it and share petty and our memories of petty, but it also sucks uh, because Tom Petty should not be gone. Uh, we were just talking, OJ Simpson just got out of prison. Yeah. That, that guy, dude's still alive. That guy gets a new chapter in life. Um, uh, and insert any other, you know, scumbag that does not deserve to be out there. But petty goes at 66 on just a, a bummer of a day in general with the, the mass shooting in Vegas uh, the night before. So just like a really sad time. And let's unpack all of it, Bob. Um, yeah. If you guys, if you guys are looking for like a really fun time, maybe go listen to something else. Cause I, I mean, we will, we will have fun kind of remembering the good times and celebrating Tom Petty, but yeah, this has been such a downer of a day. It's a bummer. The, the day's a bummer. And, but I think this Bob will, will try anyway, not to make, uh, talking about his music a bummer because that the music is what you know made everyone fall in love with Petty and it was just such joyful music and and, and spoke to so many people so uh, yeah a very special very sad throwback podcast um, we're throwing uh, back to a time where we had you know emotions like yeah when we were in touch with them we we're still alive in fact that's a good way to start Bob because I will uh, we're gonna take turns here that's how we figured out the best way to do it and um, I want to share how I got into Tom Petty. Um, obviously, if you grew up, Bob and I were born in 1980. Petty was always kind of around. He was, he basically had rate legitimate radio hits from the mid 70s uh, through the 90s. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's and it's almost unparalleled in terms of artists who have been able to do that. But for me, Petty was just another guy on classic rock radio. Uh, 
and then when he had his 90s resurgence, I enjoyed his songs. But it wasn't until um, I was living, and I'm going to get into the song right now, I was living at home. All you guys, all, all my friends went uh, to college, and I was staying a, a local for the first two years at um, in our hometown of Pearl River, living at home, spending all my time with uh, my dog, basically. And then going to classes. And then what I did was I started discovering music in uh, my father's CD collection. Uh, classic rock. I started to discover classic rock. And, and in the same year, this is late 98, early 99, I discovered Bruce Springsteen. And I discovered Tom Petty. And I discovered Tom Petty through his greatest hits, which is the greatest, greatest hits package ever, in my opinion. Top to bottom, all killer, no filler. Uh, and this is how it started with Petty's signature song and the last song he ever played, and we'll get to that in a second, American Girl. Well, she was an American girl Raised on promises She couldn't help thinking that there was a little more life Somewhere else After all, it was a great big world With lots of places to run to Yeah, then she had the dark Try and she That one little promise she was gonna keep Oh yeah, all right um, Take it easy, baby American Girl, what a perfect song, Bob A perfect song It is, it's a perfect song And now I'm, I have a new memory associated with this song today uh, driving in my car after, you know, getting the news, uh, put on the radio. And first of all, any radio station that isn't playing Tom Petty today should have their FCC license. Yeah, go fuck yourself. Like, go fuck yourself. Play Tom Petty. You owe everything to Tom Petty. But, um, one of the stations, uh, they were playing Walls, which we'll get to later, which is a very emotional song. And I thought I was going to kind of feel, you know, I thought I was going to get emotional yeah i made it through and then this came on and this broke me and i started tearing up in my car and it was weird because this is such like an amazing happy american beautiful song but it was just hearing him sing it now and it's getting me upset right now it's like it's so it's just like such a part of our life this song and like he wrote it like he's responsible for it yeah i mean it it really is like this is, for instance, it came out, I think, in 76 of his first album uh, or thereabouts. And I wasn't really that familiar with it. And this song was the gateway into that Greatest Hits album that then rolled out just an outrageous number of hits in a row. Uh, Breakdown, Learning to Fly, Running Down a Dream. And then it just the album just goes on and on. And I was hooked forever on Petty. And this song, and I guess I'll get into it here, like... I was at the last Tom Petty show ever. I was last a week ago tonight, in fact, at this very moment, I was watching him uh, and the Heartbreakers on their last date of their 40th anniversary tour. And uh, right before 11 o'clock, he came out for the encore. They did You Wreck Me, uh, which was a a classic of Wildflowers. And then this was the last song Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers ever played together. Yeah, it's 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 hard to believe. Even talking about it now, it's hard to believe that he's gone. I just can't. 
fucking believe it. I know, it's not... I mean, it's like... It's like Michael Jackson. I mean, it's not exactly like Michael Jackson, but it's that surprise. Yeah. And then having to just kind of come to grips with it. It's funny you bring up Michael Jackson because when he died, I remember it was June 25th, uh, 2009. I'm very weird with dates. That's really weird. Yeah, I remember it because it was the 11th year anniversary of our high school graduation. And I was in living in Pearl River or not living in Brooklyn at the time, but I was home in New York, Pearl River. Um, when he died and I remember getting together with my cousin, Matt and our friend Christine at the Pearl River Hotel and, and drinking, listening to Michael Jackson songs. And I was, you know, big Michael Jackson fan, but not not any like not a connection uh, like Tom Petty. For me, I don't know about you, Bob, I, and I feel like I should I would know unless we're counting Shannon Hoon. Uh, this is the first artist slash celebrity, whether it's in music or uh, sports or, or whatever that I truly had an intimate connection with, even though this person didn't know who I was that died. Yeah. I don't. So it's, it's really kind of weird for Petty to be gone. Yeah. I've had that thought of like what celebrities would actually make me upset, you know, cause it's just a part of our culture. It's a part of our lives. Like you love a celebrity, they die, you know, you just kind of deal with it. Right. But Tom Petty, and I've thought about this ahead of time. Like, maybe years ago it's like Tom Petty and Don Mattingly and Derek Jeter. Like it's like people like that. Yeah. Like Bob Dylan is going to be really upsetting, but at the same time, I also feel like, I don't know. I know they're probably around the same age, but I feel like he's lived more. Yeah. For whatever reason. Isn't old. I know it's not old at all. Uh, There's just something so personal about Tom Petty. Yeah. Do uh, Do you want to, uh, put us into our next song there, Bobby? Yeah. So I think we'll just, we'll kind of stick with my last what I was just saying before I'll go to another song that uh very important to me mm. you know this was next on my list but not so more there you go. this is Walls off the She's the One soundtrack some days are diamonds some days are rocks some doors are open some Sundowns are golden Then fade away And if I never do nothing I'll get you back someday Cause you got a heart so big It could crush no this might not have broken me in the car, but it's coming close to breaking me here. Um, well, toughen up, Bob. Come this on. We're was, in the well, we're in the garage. We're men here. We're men. Men don't cry. Men feel nothing, but this, we move forward. This is also the first song I ever sang to my son. Yeah, so this is like, I remember holding him and singing him walls. It just like came out. Like, I didn't plan on it. Yeah. Like, it's such a beautiful song. Yeah, and this was, yeah, the She's the One soundtrack, which is an otherwise forgettable Ed Burns film, is it? Yeah, Ed Burns. Ed Burns, uh, uh, the New York director, and... Who I thought was hot back in the day. Yeah, he, he was... He was like a hot Irish Attractive dude. Irish American yeah. gentleman. But this is right, we were 15 years old, and Petty, this is when, this is an example of how impressive Petty was in terms of 
how to build a career. If you want to know how to build a career and keep your integrity and continue to stay relevant without trying too hard, this is the guy to study. I mean, he came up in the 70s uh, in, in the rock scene and, and established himself as a star. All throughout the 80s, he never disappeared. He stayed in the picture. He kept on making hits. He had his biggest album ever, Full Moon Fever, in 1989 when he was 40 years old. And then when we came of age, Bob, and we were still dis- we were discovering new music, Petty was still there in his mid-40s dropping singles like this that were getting played on MTV. Mm-hmm. This, You Don't Know How It Feels, Last Dance with Mary Jane, like so many great songs in the 90s. Who was the last artist that had hits in their mid-40s being played on youth-oriented radio stations? MTV doesn't really exist anymore, but like... It's he was. It's kind of unprecedented what he was able to do. I mean, I want to say Aerosmith, but I also don't want to say Aerosmith. Yeah, fuck those guys. <laughs> <laughs> fuck Aerosmith. I mean, they're obviously it's way different. It's a totally different vibe. But, but you asked a question, so I wanted to give yeah, you an yeah, answer. Yeah, I appreciate that, Bob. The uh, <laughs> you hated that. The, the answer, um, the answer to the question, Bob. Here it is. The video for Walls had a prominent cameo. From a, one of the most famous celebrities of the 90s and even today. Who was it? Mel Torme. <laughs> Incorrect. Very close, though. Jennifer Aniston. All right. Oh, Next nice. up uh, for me. All right. Right now. Right now, I am wearing a yeah. Tom Petty shirt. I didn't even notice that. You are. Yeah. The Echo Tour, 1999. So, like I said. I fell in love with Petty, I would say, probably January 99. I was 18 years old, uh, living at home, no friends but my dog. And uh, Your dog, by the way, just to really just bring this down even more, your dog's also dead. <laughs> also dead. <laughs> and, to, to, and just in case you're not going to cry, and I had you on the ropes, but you never cried, your dog, Kirby, will die eventually. <laughs> not soon, like five years. All right, all right, yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, yeah I'll think about that. Anyway, so uh, I fell in love with Petty's greatest hits, and then, as luck would have it, he put out an album called Echo in the spring of 99, which is one of my favorite Petty albums. I got a room at the top of the world tonight. I got a room at the top of the world tonight. I got a room at the top of the world tonight. This is the first track on the album, Room at the Top, and it was an album that was incredibly difficult for Petty. He had a divorce that just destroyed him, and we only learned this maybe in the last year, because that book that came out recently, that he had a a heroin addiction that developed in the 90s. Um, But Room at the Top is the first album that came out when I was a Petty fan, so it always has a near and dear place in my heart, and it's not one of his most popular albums, but if you are looking to rediscover Petty music or have not sought out all of his lesser-known work, Echo is a great place, and Room at the Top, I think, is the best song in the album. This was also on my list. There you go. Yeah, this takes me back to when you, me, Jason, our friend Brian, were all living in a house in Hollywood, and... Even though we were just like a bunch of jabronis getting drunk and, you know, 
playing rock band and, right. you know, starting fires outside. Depleting a checking account that we thought would never yeah, come out, but yeah. quickly Turn, did. Turned out, turned out a lot of those uh, <laughs> early aughts websites went under way quicker than we thought. Right. But um, this song was on all the time, and I just remember just in those drunken moments of, you know, late at night, the song would come on, and it was just, it's a perfect song. Yeah, it is. It's it's such a sad song. It is a ridiculously sad song. And Petty, he covered all all the, the the gamut in terms of emotions. But he typically, it seemed, I thought, um, wasn't the most confessional songwriter. Um, but that song was an example of him just telling his audience like where he was at that time in his life, and it was in a very dark place. He had a room at the top uh, by himself, looking down at everyone, and he just felt alone. Um, so a very sad song, but again, the first Petty album that came out when I was a Petty fan, it always has a good place in my heart. And the first time I ever saw Petty in tour, um, that's a good question, Bob. I, I first saw him on the Echo did, tour. I, I didn't, I didn't ask you that. You asked yourself that. Well, and then you complimented yourself for asking yourself that. I did. And then you I? just went right into answering it. <laughs> well, we're going to get to you, Bob. Just, uh, <laughs> you know, be patient. Uh, I saw Petty on the Echo tour. I think it was July second, nineteen ninety nine, at uh, at Jones Beach, Bob. Hmm. What about you? When was your first Petty show? Uh, I only saw Petty once, and it was at the Hollywood Bowl. When a couple of years after we moved here, and I'll never forget that experience as I fade in this next song. Mm. Somebody had to do it. Yeah, I'm yeah, glad yeah. it was made. Good job by you. Um, this is obviously free falling. Uh, I wasn't supposed to go to that concert because I was supposed to fly back that weekend to visit uh, Heather in New York. Right. But things got switched around and then our friend ended up not being able to go. So I went to see Petty with you guys and we were living in the hills where we could hear the Hollywood Bowl off in the distance yep. sometimes. And uh, we decided we were going to walk there. And right. we got um, very... Am I allowed to say that we all got very stoned? Yeah, we. I mean, you work, it. you have a real job, yeah. so I don't know. Okay, this was ten years ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This it was, was ten before years that. ago. This, yeah, yeah. You're ago. weird with dates. Yeah, sure. <laughs> got super high, high to the point where, as we were walking up that big ramp to get to the Hollywood Bowl, yeah, I remember holding my wallet in my hand, not knowing what pocket it goes in. Yeah, that's pretty stoned. <laughs> I've like kept it in the same pocket my whole life, and I didn't know where to put it. So I was feeling great. And so we got in our seats, and I just remember loving every second of the concert. And when this song came on, this is like a really emotional podcast for me. I was super high. I cried like a, like a baby. Again? Like it just hit me. By the way, I never cry. All of, like eight out of ten of my crying stories involve Tom Petty. Well, that tells you a lot. Yeah, that it's funny. Like yeah, that I still I have vivid memories of that day because we were all the four of us living together, including Jason, who's on our podcast. Um, last couple of weeks and we all equally love Tom Petty so it was just always playing in the house and as somebody um, that has lived on both sides of the coast I always one thing that I've always noticed now that I've been out here in California for basically 10 years is that Tom Petty always sounded better in California yep Bruce Springsteen always sounded better in New York oh, see New I always say Bob Dylan I listen to way more yeah. Dylan in New York and way more Petty out here yeah Petty Petty, even though he's a Floridian, native Floridian, at his last concert last Monday, he even uh, did a preamble before a song where he talked about 
And it's like, we started in, in, in Florida, but we're a California band. And, and he was very proud to be a California guy. And the music just feels like California. And I think this song, more than any other Petty song, is California. This song just makes, this is the song that I thought California was. I want to glide down over Mulholland. I want to ride through name in the sky. I'm going to free fall out into nothing. going to leave this world for a while. I was sitting in uh, my car today. And I pulled... Eating Subway, you fat fuck. <laughs> yes, I, I, I was I was stress eating, so I got everything <laughs> on the Subway menu. Uh, so I was eating the meatball marinara uh, foot long, which just doesn't taste like meatballs. So the it's jury's definitely out not on the meatball marinara. Um, but I pulled up uh, the 1989 MTV Music Awards. Uh, Arsenio Hall uh, teased all all night that there would be a very special guest at the end of the show. Petty was not on the bill. And then Petty comes out uh, with the full band, even though Full Moon Fever, which is album's on, the song's on, was a solo album, technically. And they go into Free Falling, and then Axl Rose comes out, and it's just like wow. a meeting of two worlds. And, and I, since I seek this out if you haven't uh, watched this. Axl Rose and Tom Petty, uh, Petty in his prime, going at this song. Beautiful stuff. This is so California. Like, Tom Petty is one of those artists where, like, He's influenced my view of where we live. Like when I drive on Mulholland, I think of this song. And when I, whenever like I'm looking at a place to live, like we're, we're going to move soon and we go like visit a place and you can see the freeway off in the distance. It's like, there's a freeway running through the yard. Yeah. Like it's so specific to like LA and California that it just like, I can't, I can't separate the two. Yeah. He's such a brilliant songwriter and, um, I just started to read. There's going to be now that he officially, you know, passed away. Like I said, right before we recorded this, um, now all the the memorials and the the writings and all the different pieces on the internet are going to come out. So we'll be reading a lot about Tom Petty in the next few days. Um, uh, but uh, I lost my train of thought. What were we just talking about? Oh, see, I see. I thought you were doing that thing where, like, you're talking to yourself and you're asking yourself questions and then you're answering. So I wasn't really following it at all. But what were you saying? <laughs> I was just listening. What were you saying before that? Tom Petty's California man. Oh yeah. Uh, oh yeah. He was just <laughs> a, a fucking amazing songwriter. And yeah. and one of the things I did read uh, earlier today was that he was the master of the opening line. Mm. Uh, I feel like you're teeing up something right now. I'm not really, oh, but. Okay. I, but since he was the master of the opening line, um, whatever song this is, and this is Rebels off Southern Accents, um, it's going to be badass. I'm getting mad at you because I had this one highlighted as my next one. So basically what we did ahead That's of good. time was like we each wanted to pick out 10 songs, knowing that there would be overlap, and then we would play them, kind of go back and forth. But uh, this this is one of my favorite times. They, it, I mean, there's so many great ones, but this one's incredible. Let's listen to it. First line. Don't walk out. I'm too drunk to follow. What a line. Uh. 
the reason I picked this song, Bob, was because there's one person that I think of more than anybody else when I think about Tom Petty. It's my cousin, Mike. Uh, Big Al. Big Al, as you know him. And uh, he's the biggest Petty fan I know. And Petty, um, and we've been lifelong, you know, more than just cousins, you know, best friends. and. Occasional lovers. Occasional lovers. Uh, should we get into the story about you and Mike in Hoboken? I don't know if we should. Maybe or not. not this podcast. Okay. okay. Tease. Okay. Good tease. Uh, stick a pin in it. But um, we weren't lovers. <laughs> no, no, you guys didn't. Fuck. <laughs> that was That's a good. Not what I'm teasing. <laughs> okay. Maybe bodily fluids are involved, but not lovers. <laughs> all right. Now it's gonna. Uh, Mike pissed on Bob when he was drunk. But all right. So. Uh, Rebels is, is Mike's favorite uh, Petty song or, or way up there He actually introduced me to this song And uh, and we drink White Russians and listen to Tom Petty And, and Mike uh, was out here A few months ago and we just sat out on my um, Back deck Which is right next to this garage And we listened to Petty and got drunk together um, So this one's kind of a shout out To Mike who I know is Legitimately uh, hurting tonight And again it's that that connection that Petty fostered uh, with so many people that are close to me in my life, including you, Bob, like you're in the group. Huh? Oh, um, cool. Uh, but that's, I texted so many people that, that I realized I was going down and through my mind. Like who have I shared Petty moments with? Like right before this podcast, I texted our friend Christine in New York, who I saw Petty with in 99. There's just so many people that I have a connection through Petty. Yeah. I, I called my wife and I told her, when you know after I got the news today and we had like a serious talk like how do we tell Dean how do we tell our son hmm, because what is his like knowledge of Petty he knows that daddy loves Tom Petty does he know like, like what he looks like does he know yeah no he's seen like he's seen the CDs like he has a very active interest in our podcast Dean does I he, could understand like he always wants to know like, to it. it's a fascination yeah. to him but um, no, he knows like the CDs. I have like that big box set that came out a few years ago. Where yes, it's, like that's I'll, a great box. set. It's a great box set. The live anthology, it's called. And uh, we were just talking about Free Fallen the other day because I was giving him the anecdote about how Tom Petty's uh, band members they didn't think it was going to be a good song, so they didn't want to do it with him, and he did it on his own, and it became his biggest song. What was the lesson? Like, son, never listen to anyone else. <laughs> Everyone else is stupid. You're always number one. Was that the lesson? I mean, you could say that or just like a believe in yourself kind of thing. Oh, okay. you know, like just kind of follow what you're. All right, good. I'm glad you're you went that route because it might have been that. But um, no, so... send my son on a different path. <laughs> so it was like, how do we tell Dean like about this? Because like he hasn't experienced a family member dying yet. Like this, he doesn't really know death. Right. So um, we have you and I are going to do a double suicide tonight. Right. We talked about this back in college. Like when Tom Petty dies, we're going right. to end it all. When either Adam Duritz or Tom Petty died, <laughs> we were going to jump off a roof together. Okay. We're, that, we're doing that after the pod, right? Yeah, obviously. Well, we, we got to publish this first and then. Oh, yeah. No, the guys at HeadGum will get pissed if we jump first. So we got to finish this off. They'll send the lawyers after our next of kin. <laughs> Uh, I'm going to start my next song as I, as I finish this off. Yeah. I'm going to stay on Southern Accents. Yeah, it's like, you better give us that content, Heather and Emily. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? How do you even know their names? Uh, so no, so tonight when I when I got home, we were uh, we were laying around and uh, Heather's like, now's the time. So I said. The bang? No, no, to tell oh, Dean. Oh. Yeah, yeah. oh, go ahead. <laughs> so, that, and bang. I love we, talking about you and your wife fucking on this podcast. Have you yeah, we'll get to it eventually. Yeah, yeah. We'll wait till the... Uh, the Nine Inch Nails closer <laughs> album. 
and we'll really get into it. All right, it. let's get back on track. So anyway, so um, no, so we said, Dean, um, you know, something really sad happened today, and we want to tell you about it. Um, Tom Petty, Tom Petty had a heart attack, and he's in the hospital right now, and it looks like he's not going to make it. And, you know, he kind of was processing it. And it's, you know, he's like, does that mean he's going to die? And it was weird because it was at that time of the night where, like, there were no definitive answers yet. Right. So I kind of couched it with, like, yeah, most likely. I mean, he's still alive now, but it doesn't look, you know, it doesn't look like he's going to make it. And I said, but, you know, I, I heard one person on the radio say, you know, it's kind of special that Tom Petty died from a broken heart. Mm. He, had a, he had a heart attack, broken heart. And Dean just was like kind of processing this whole thing. And then he goes, well, then Mick Jagger better watch out for Rolling Stones. Brilliant. And I was just like, (laughs) fuck yeah, that's (laughs) That's my boy. (laughs) It was amazing. And then he got sad and we talked, we talked about it, but it was, uh, it was like a real moment that I had to tell my son that Tom Petty died. That's amazing. Yeah. And we even, we talked about, um, now you have to carry this regret with you for the rest of your life, Bob, but. We talked about going to that final tour at the Hollywood Bowl because he had three sold-out nights, and you kicked around the idea of taking Dean. Yeah. So now deal with process that regret in real time. Go ahead. No, I am. No, I know. I believe me. It's like I definitely already kind of floated that by Heather. I was like, you know, I wanted to take Dean to that concert, and she was like, it would have been a bad idea. Like still, like he yeah. was five years old. It was a great show. That last show. Um, I don't want to step on the song, Bob. What yeah. is this song? This is the best of everything. So it's not. Not a hit, but it was a song I found, God, maybe five or six years ago. And it's just so perfectly written. It's like the Mm. first line, master the first line. Uh, It's just all about a waitress and how he just wishes her the best of everything. And it's just, it's such a personal song. Like You just tell like he lived this Mm. and there's horns and it's like, it just gets, it's just very grandiose and it's, it's a beautiful song. Here it is. Accents is such an outlier in his catalog. It's not my favorite Petty album, but it sounds so much different. There's a lot of 80s effects to it, but mm-hmm. there's also a lot of horns, and, and the, the theme of it is he's looking back a lot about his youth growing up in Florida and stuff. It's stuff that he didn't really touch on much after, I felt like, uh, but that's another great one. Um, if I ask if my son, who's three, if I, had to exp- if I have to explain anything to him, if I have to explain... Tom Petty dying of a heart attack. If I have to explain to him that we have to go to the gas station, he just asks me why 45 times. Right. So, there's really no need for me to tell little Jack anything. He'll just go, why, Dad? Well, because life isn't fair. Why? Well, because, you know, we can't have nice things. And but why? But, well, bad things happen to everybody. <laughs> why? Uh, but it's a good question. Why is Tom Petty dead? We're still trying to process that here in the garage. Um, all right, I want to talk. Um, the next song I want to do is off Highway Companion. Uh, it's the second track on Highway Companion. It does have a, a personal meaning to me. First of all, this album is, um, to me, Tom Petty's last great album. Um, other people will 
argue that. Some people liked when he got Mud Crutch back together. And then he did some later albums that were kind of a little bit more jammy in nature and, and kind of getting back to his his roots. But I, I always kind of liked Petty. I liked his Rick Rubin stuff. I liked his Jeff Lynn production stuff, that was the, the radio-friendly side of Petty. Uh, and this was um, Highway Companion, track two, square one. to find some higher ground Had some fear to get around You can say what you don't know Later on won't work no more Last time through I hit my tracks So well I could not get back yeah, my way was hard to find Can't sell yourself a peace of mind Alright, so As you know, if you listen to the show And Bob, as you know I have the unconventional method Of occasionally uh, recording breakup Mix CDs right. In my past for women um, You give them to the to I give the them to the women after we break up and they're usually it's pretty sad uh, all around this is not that story this is the opposite actually um i met my wife in 2006 uh late 2006 and we uh dated for a little while uh and then uh, she went back to texas and then we didn't really see each other for a period of months and we both kind of thought the relationship was over and then she got a job in new york uh, and uh, she called me up out of the blue saying that she was back and we ended up beginning to date again. You guys bone? We eventually did have intercourse. We have two children, yeah. Uh, but so, yeah, in September of 2007, that's when we started dating again. And not long after that, I gave Emily the first mix CD and I, I give her one every year uh, to this day. And the first song on the first mix city I ever gave my lovely wife is Square One by Tom Petty and, and lyrically and she and as we talk about it looking back now she told me how she poured over every lyric and it was she was dead on because the song is about you know put all the things in the past and the struggles and kind of just putting that aside and trying to make something work and that's what we were trying to do because it was tough to, to get into each other and then both kind of realized that it was over and then try to rekindle it so that was my you know 26 year old guy move was to say here tom petty handle this for me tell her that i want to start over and i'm fine with it i mean it served many many a men over the years so i feel like you were in good hands <laughs> yeah who who better than tom petty to deliver the message that you are unable to so square one uh is a very personal song to both my wife and i uh and uh that's my next song what about you, Bob, what else you got? This is going way better than I thought it would, passing this thing back and forth. And yeah, I was trying to things. ease your mind before the show. Uh, yeah. And I just want to say one other thing about that. The concert uh, last Monday night, um, he opened it with the first song of the first album. And because my petty knowledge is really stronger in 89, post-'89, I can't tell you what it's called, It's uh, but 
real Preddy fans that are listening to this will be yelling at the at, at their speakers, which guys calm down or ladies. Uh, but uh, I leaned over to Emily about five songs in, and I said, "This is the most Petty has ever talked at any show." Because I saw him at '99, uh, in '06 in upstate New York, and then in 2013 was really special because he did what I guess must have been. Now that I'm thinking about the 35th anniversary tour, uh, and he played small club dates, including I believe four nights at the Fonda Theater in Hollywood, which mm-hmm. I think it's like 500 people or something at seats. Yeah. Um, and I was able to get in randomly. We went, uh, uh, me and our, our friend Brian tried to get in the first night and I was able to get one ticket, scalp one ticket, and then we couldn't get a second ticket. Uh, so I sold that scalp ticket back to somebody else. And then I went back by myself the next night and I, w- I was about to strike out. And then Danny Masterson, of all people, uh, who we knew Danny uh, Masterson through your uh, your career, Bob, in the in the Hollywood business, uh, and I was friendly with him, and we both shared a love of Petty. He saw me outside the venue, and he waved me over, and he said, "Here, I'll take care of you." And he was able to get me in uh, to the concert. And it was an unforgettable experience. I love that Danny did that for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, yeah, I saw him in 2013, and then I saw him at the Forum in 15, and then the show. Uh, last Monday, which was a very good show. He seemed to be in good spirits and didn't seem sick and still was hitting the notes. Not that he was ever a gorgeous singer, uh, but he still delivered everything and, and you would have had no idea that he was sick. Play this song too. Now, do you worry, before we pump this song up, do you worry if uh, fans of your other, I guess, slightly more successful podcast, the Around the NFL it's much, podcast? much more successful. Uh, it's like, you know, apples and oranges. It's like very, really close. There's like a deficit of we're, millions we're, of listeners. We're narrowing the gap. Um, do you worry that if fans of that podcast, who you and the other gentlemen on that show, you guys have a long-running argument about who's the most common man. You have the common yeah. man rankings. Do you worry that the fact that that 70s show star Danny Masterson waving you into a Tom Petty concert might affect your common man rankings? Uh... No, I don't even think about that at all. Uh, but uh, if it helps, I paid for the ticket. I just he got he got me access to the box office where they had a stipend of tickets. So I I paid for the ticket. Okay. Does that save my common man ranking? I don't know. Uh, I don't know. Maybe a little bit. It's not like Danny and I went in a limo back up to the hills after the show. All right, I'm gonna chip away your common man rankings after uh, we listen to a little. Won't back down. Let's do it. So thematically, we're nailing this right here because the reason I picked this song is because as a New York Giants fan, I will always associate this with the Super Bowl when Tom Petty played at halftime. Oh, right. And the Giants came back to beat the Patriots. Good call. Like this will forever, the rest of my life, I will think about that Super Bowl victory. And the fact that Tom Petty played the halftime show while my favorite team won the Super Bowl is you couldn't ask for anything better. No. Well, that's a perfect scenario uh have petty and your favorite football team win a super bowl um i won't back down down by the way one of the greatest one two punches in the history of uh rock music in my opinion to start an album off full moon fever uh opens with free fallen 
one of the great pop songs of the last 50 years uh, in the quintessential California anthem, as we spoke of, and then into I Won't Back Down. Are you fucking kidding me? Yeah, I mean, come on. It's not fair. 40 years old, and that's what he's doing. Um, oh, no, and I just, because I did a Google search just to double-check the track listing, and with a Tom Petty search name, it's AV Club, RIP Tom Petty. The Ringer, Tom Petty was classic rock in real time. I mean, this is just going to be sad to read all this stuff. I'm like, I'm not ready for it. And I also, you know what annoyed me a little bit? And this is and this goes back to how personal Tom Petty uh, was uh, to me and you and, and a lot of people. But like um, he was he was, you know, following the story on TMZ who were kind of led the the news charge on it uh, and just trying to get updates. And then there's the the 911 call from his wife and then. There's the memes that began on Twitter about uh, Tom Petty, who the uh, CBS News reported him dead hours ago, and he wasn't, he didn't die, he wasn't taken out, or he didn't die until 8:40 p.m. I believe, and people just making Tom Petty jokes. It was like, fuck all of you. Yeah, this is not something that to, to be lighthearted about. But then it's like, well, fuck you, Dan, because I'm sure a lot of other people through the years you you had fun with. Uh, but it just feels so personal. So you don't want nothing, no jokes, nothing like that. Is is it's just like if this happened with Don Henley, I feel like you and me wouldn't be well. I, number one, we wouldn't be doing an emergency podcast. <laughs> but number two, like we need to do an emergency hell freezes over unplugged <laughs> podcast right now. Like I'm not saying we would have participated in the mockery on Twitter, but it wouldn't be upsetting at all. I like Don Henley; he's a good looking. No, player. I like him fine, but yeah. I don't think it would be the same. I mean, it definitely wouldn't be the same thing. Yeah. Um, all right, let's move on. Uh, this is another personal song of mine. Off Wildflowers. Um, the song is called Time to Move On. And uh, yeah, let's listen to it a little bit right now. It's time to move on. What lies ahead I have no way to know But under my feet, baby, grass is growing It's time to move on, time to get going Broken sky uh, Oh, God, it just, it's, it's so different hearing this song now Like, I've yeah. been thinking that all day Like, he has so many amazing lines that now when you, like, just apply it to him being gone yeah. It just changes the meaning entirely. Yeah, this song, I, I'll never like be able to hear this song again without thinking about today. And like, um, again, how he was an important enough artist, and there are very few for me that passed this test. There's maybe a handful. Um, might even be three for me. It might honestly be Bruce, Tom Petty, and you two as the three artists that like I connect big moments of my life with. And I um, took a job with the NFL. Uh, it was a part-time job just to get work in 2010 and I was leaving my apartment in Bay Ridge, Brooklyn uh, to go to the airport on Saturday this is August of 2010 and we had buried my grandmother uh, 
was extremely close to. She had died the week before. Uh, so my grandmother passed away, and then I was leaving my girlfriend, Emily, now, who we were living together in Brooklyn. I was leaving her to move to California to take this NFL job and move back into the house uh, in Hollywood. And I remember driving from Bay Ridge to JFK Airport, and I put this song on because it just felt like it matched my emotion at the time of just this uneasiness and this feeling that I needed to make this move, but at the same time, it was very melancholy and I, I felt like I was leaving something behind, but I knew I had to move forward. And again, here's Tom Petty, Thomas Earl Petty, um, speaking not on, not on behalf of me in this case, but speaking to me sitting in the back of that cab. Now he's gone. Yeah. Anyway, so What last hit I had no way of knowing. But under my feet, baby, grass is growing. It's time to move on. It's time to get going. It's time to move on. I mean, I don't think you could have asked for like a better song to be listening to. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Uh, I think we have a couple songs left. I have, I have uh, two left, Bob, or one left. I have one left. Do you have one more? I have nine left. <laughs> I know because... we could do this. We could literally do this no, for another day or so. Because we said ten each, and my first track of like just throwing songs into a little playlist, I had like twenty four songs, and I was like, all right, I got to whittle this down a little bit. And yeah. even though we've uh, we've overlapped a bunch, I still have so many I want to listen to. I mean, his greatest hits. Uh, I had that album. That was probably my first Tom Petty album was just owning his greatest hits. Just listened to it all the time. And every song was, was a recognizable, like perfect song. It was like the only greatest hits that you could like put on in a party and just leave on. It is remarkable. And it also pulls off like one of the great feats, um, which is very few artists have ever done this. And it's something that it's one of those things that um, maybe make me a little weird. I'm the only one who gives a fuck about it, but I'm especially impressed and um, happy for said um, legacy artists when they release the greatest hits and then have a hit as one of the one to two obligatory new singles on a greatest hits mm -hmm. package. And Tom Petty pulled that off with uh, Mary, D Mary Jane's last dance. So even after going through 13 or 14, like stone cold classics at the end of the album is this single that no one knew that became really a song that introduced him to an entire new generation. Big hit with a big video with uh, Kim Basinger. Yep. Yeah. Dragging yeah. a dead Kim Basinger. Does he kill Kim Basinger? I think. No, I think she's already dead. She's dead. It's one of the fucking most tremendous, bizarre videos to ever get airplay on the on MTV. He brings her back to his like haunted mansion at the top of the hill, gets her dressed up, puts makeup on her and slow dances uh, with Kim Basinger's corpse. Check that one out, too. All right, Bob, go ahead. I feel like I've said at least three or four times, like, this is my favorite Tom Petty song or one of my favorite Tom Petty songs. This is my favorite Tom Petty song. It's on the nose. But Learning to Fly is, I think, his best song. It's so good. It's just, it's a beautiful song. It's a beautiful message. Everything about it just works. You know what I just realized? And I will never get sick of listening to this. Even though it's on... Uh... Even, even though it's a huge hit, we, and this is the, the throwback podcast, we need to choose a song for the Spotify playlist. Oh, shit. Are we doing that? I think we absolutely have to. And uh, I, let's, forget, let's take the suspense out of it. 
this song means a lot to me as well. Let's put this one up. I'm learning to fly But I ain't got wings Coming down Is the hardest thing With well, good old days I don't know, that feels like a good choice. Maybe we could save to the end of the show to make an official decision. I mean, we're already kind of, you know, this is already its own sort of thing. I don't... We do whatever the hell we want. Tom Petty's dead. Nothing matters anymore. So Let's call just... HeadGum, though, and check in with them, because they <laughs> have our wives on file. They have some spies, like Scientology spies. Well, this is cars. this is breaking when we signed the contract. They said no Teddy for some reason. <laughs> so we're already breaking the contract. It's best. Um, yeah, my only request would be, you know what we should do offline? There are so many great versions of this song. Jump off a roof? Well, we're going to jump off a roof. But after that, <laughs> there are so many great versions of this song. I wouldn't mind like digging a little deeper, finding like a great live version of this, because I feel like he's done this so many different ways that it's just—it's so funny you say that, Bob. We are in lockstep on the on this particular great man. Uh, the song I had in mind to play it out was a killer live version of this song. Well, we're just we're just driving Bosom right buddies. towards that. Bosom buddies, let's get the fuck off this roof already. Let's start a podcast. <laughs> All right. Uh, one more each, but we want to do that, and then, yeah, that and then it's time to move on uh, for us. Uh, okay. Yeah, he was also during that um, that last show. I can't believe I saw Tom Petty's last show. It's um, so crazy. You know, every I've seen Dylan twice, and both times I'm like, maybe this will be his last show. Like, uh, I worked with Ed Asner recently. Is he the lead singer of Live? Ed Asner is the lead singer of Live. <laughs> the way you will bathe in light. No, I got to d- direct Ed Asner from the Mary Tyler Moore show. And he said to me before we started, you know, this might be the last thing I ever do. And you're the director. So people might want to talk to you. And he goes, you ever think about that? And it's like, an amazing comment. For it's an amazing comment. Uh, but he's still kicking. So I don't know if I have that. Ed Asner outlived Tom Petty. Let's, oh, see, that's so let's weird. process that. All right, this will be my last uh, official selection, and uh, I feel like it is fitting given uh, Petty, the details of his his ultimate demise over the past 24 hours were that he, uh, he suffered this cardiac incident in, at his home in Malibu. He was found without a pulse, and then uh, they got him to the hospital, and... They realized there was nothing they could do for him, and they took him off life support. Like we said, erroneously reported that he was dead, and then he just stayed alive um, for an extra uh, day, half a day, and it was such a Tom Petty thing to do to just like keep fighting to the end, and this is swinging.
Tom Petty went down swinging. Even even when he was supposed to be done, he hung around. And uh, a lot of people on Twitter uh, cited, I won't back down. You could stand me up at the gates of hell, but I won't back down. Petty was a badass. He was iconoclast. Uh, he was a guy that um, fought the record company. Uh, never gave up creative control of anything. Always did it his way. Never rapped. Never rapped. You know, like he never had like KRS-One come in and do a hip-hop track with him. Never had a mid-career crisis where yep. he released a, like an electronica record. Never got, uh, never embarrassed himself in the tabloids or, or got a extreme DUI or cheated on his wife and, and, and embarrassed his family. The documentary. You have to watch, like we have to tell people to watch the documentary. Running Down a Dream. Yeah the name of it. it's on netflix it's uh, so good who directed it peter Bog- bogdanovich i believe that's it peter yeah. bogdanovich uh, directed it and it is um you know it will demand some of your time but it's absolutely it's worth, worth it it's like a four-hour documentary that takes you from the beginning to what was i guess the 30th anniversary of the band at that point in 2007 it's a beautiful look at an amazing man and an amazing band the heartbreakers we haven't really talked about the heartbreakers bob but they're still living. They're all still living. And um, and they like Springsteen and the E Street Band, like the Heartbreakers were um, a big part of what made Petty Petty. Um, and I wonder what happens to them now. I, I guess, you know, you have Benmont, who is the famous um, uh, keyboardist and, and has done so much uh, to making their sound. Mike Campbell, who's a legendary guitarist, he sounded amazing last week. Um, will be interesting to see what happens with the Heartbreakers without Tom Petty. Uh, but anyway, Swingin', that's also off Echo, by the way. And it was a single and a little L.A. lore, because this was the ultimate L.A. band to me. Uh, there is a coffee shop on La Cienega. I was going to bring this up. Yeah, at the intersection. Uh, ironically, it has a, its biggest pop culture uh, claim to fame, that intersection, is it's where Biggie Smalls was shot to death. But it's right next to the Automotive Museum. And then there's a diner that... Closed for business, and then I don't know how long it's been like this. I mean, it's been at least since we've lived here. It's been ten years. It stayed. It stayed not operational, but stayed intact. Uh, I don't drive by there anymore, so I don't know if it's still the case. And it was you rented out and used for years and years for videos and TV and movie shoots. And that video for swinging is is uh, was filmed at that uh, corner on La Cienega and Wilshire. Wilshire. So there's a little Tom Petty trivia for you, LA people. All right, Bob. So I know all right, one last song. Just so you know, here's what was on the docket. If I had if we if this was going on for mm-hmm. two and a half if hours. If I had a million dollars, we're swinging right into our bare naked ladies. <laughs> all right, guys, BNL from here on out. Uh, no, I mean, just l- listen to this. Got to uh, hold on to what we have. Bob. <laughs> you don't know how it feels mm. down south off Highway Companion. Beautiful. The Wild One Forever. One of my favorite deep sides. Deep, deep cut. Deep yeah. Louisiana Rain. Oh, yeah. Don't do torpedoes. me. Don't do me like that. Here comes my girl, uh, crawling back to you into the great wide open. Ugh. The waiting, like these are all incredible songs. And we could have kept. And there's going more. Up. There's, there's more. So many. He has a, an avalanche of, of hits. A, a, a catastrophe of great songs. If you're another songwriter. But I'm gonna go with California as the last song. Oh, I love this. Just song. because this is California. Sometimes you got to trust yourself. It ain't like anywhere else. It ain't like anywhere else. 
much he loves California. <laughs> I know he really did. I've I've always been drawn to California. I've like I loved LA before I ever moved here. Like I've always known I was going to end up in LA or California. And the first time I came out here, I just fell in love with it and I'm never leaving. Like it's where I've always wanted to be and I'm here now and this song feels that way to me. Yeah. And Petty if you again going back to that that book conversation with Tom Petty, he wrote about that that he met Elvis Presley when he was a kid. Elvis was filming a a movie in his hometown and he met him when he was like 5 years old and when they the whole band drove out to California to get a record deal and they famously went to the the lobby of Capitol Records and demanded someone to listen to their demo and they always associated themselves as a California band and uh, and that's how like we didn't even get into the Traveling Wilburys no we could have done, I thought one of us could would. do a whole podcast on the Traveling Wilburys like that was a California creation all these rich rock guys gods that lived in Malibu just decided to get together at George Harrison's house and start making one of the most famous albums of the last 30 years yeah uh, which was, of course, Dylan, Harrison, Ringo, uh, Tom Petty, who was the youngest guy in the group, and Jeff Lynn with the Traveling Mulberry. So, um, did you say Roy Orbison? Did I say Orbison? I don't know. I feel like I gave Orbison. If I sh- if I said Jeff Lynn, I definitely said Roy Orbison. <laughs> Sorry. You know, Lynn. If Lynn's getting a shout out, yeah, you would hope. I mean, <laughs> I mean, how many people know Jeff Lynn was in the Traveling Wilburys? Not too many people. Not too many people. Kind of get he kind of gets lost in the he in does. the scum. And Petty was just like the badass. He was like uh, a young gun. He was like thirty seven uh, doing that. He was our age now, and he was with uh, two Beatles, uh, the most famous songwriter in the history of uh, rock music, uh, and Jeff Lynne. Jeff Lynne, <laughs> and one of the best voices in Roy Orbison, who you keep forgetting. Uh, and oh, yeah, maybe I do value <laughs> Jeff Lynne more than Roy Orbison. Orbison, who is a uh, yeah, one of the greatest voices in the history of popular music uh, was also in that group. And Petty was just, to think about it, when he was 37 in whatever it was, 1987, 1988, when they were recording that album, and those guys were like, yeah, Tom is yeah, allowed you're, to be you're, with us. Come here, come write a song and make fun of Bruce Springsteen with us. Yeah, wait, wait a second. What are you talking about? They have a song that's making fun of Bruce Springsteen. No, you, you have your facts wrong. Absolutely they do. Yeah. Tweeter, and the mon- Tweeter and the Monkey Man. That's not about Bruce Springsteen. It's making fun of Bruce Springsteen. All right. So let's save that for the Bob slandering Bob, uh, Bruce Springsteen. Podcast. I love Bruce Springsteen. I'm just saying they did that. All right. We'll talk about let's it. Stay on, let's stay on top. I know. I know. It's been an emotional day. Um, we, we can't fight right now. It's been very emotional. Tina and the monkey man. Bob this... Dylan, a little bit overrated. Let's be honest. Oh, all now right. it's okay. getting bad. All right, all right. I can't believe we're going to end <laughs> on such a negative note. No, but that said so, so much that those guys, and it tells you a lot uh, that, that Petty was welcomed into that group. And, and then Petty became his own, uh, you know, elder statesman legend. And, and now, Bob, he's gone. So that is um, that is our throwback podcast tribute to um, Tom Petty. I'm glad we did this. I feel like that was therapy. Like I, yep. ne- I, I actually needed to do this. Yeah, I feel the same way. Like, um, and I said at the top of the show, and I sincerely mean it that uh, this podcast—it's a fun thing that we do together, and and the fact that we get to talk about Petty like this, even if nobody hears it, it was just fun to be able to listen to his music, and you and I will continue to do that. And just because Petty's gone. 
uh, doesn't mean that we won't continue to listen to Tom Petty. We'll probably end up listening to him more, more. now because yeah. you appreciate mm-hmm. a guy that was such an important person to you, and now he's gone. So uh, we will be back uh, next week with another show uh, that won't be about Tom Petty, so it won't be someone probably that we love as much, uh, but that shouldn't be held against anyone yeah, because Petty... Yeah, back off, guys. Come yeah, on. Petty was uh, a once-in-a-generation talent and uh, we're gonna miss him a lot uh follow us at throwback pod a plug a plug right now we have to if you are and what it's gonna get worse (laughs) share this with you know the petty listeners in your life is that bad tom is dying hearing this well too late well too late uh no uh thank you for listening this was honestly therapy for us yes yeah Uh, tom petty 1950 2017 long live tom petty That was a HeadGum Podcast.